you have spoken to the players and uh, we've had a full and frank discussion and uh, we all agree that the uh, smaller fish guys are not just accredited clubs and their counties but uh, to homo sapiens all over the world I want nothing to do with that podcast absolutely not the smaller fish not for me no way we're only the small little fish out there so we are and uh, we're trying hard to make it true but it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish Luke Lachlan's had a great year on the field. He won the Talton Cup with Westmead in July and followed it up last weekend with the Downs. It was their first title in 17 years against the odds against St. Lomans. And Luke joins me on the show now. How's it going? Good, Colin. Thanks for having me on. How's things? No bother. No bother. All good here. We won't mention the hurling. I'm saying you're having a great year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two, no, yeah. Two, two out of three isn't bad, I suppose. No, it's not bad. And to be honest, I was lucky enough to even get back to play the hurling final. The injuries I got, so can't have them all. Castle and we're due one. It is, it's a three-horse race in Westmead. Clonkill, Castle and Harney. I think it was their time there now. I think they'd lost four finals in a row, so I think they were due one. Yeah, I had never seen you hurling before and I was watching the highlights <laughs> on the Monday night. And you were, you were sticking them over very well, so you were. Were you always a hurler as well? All a, uh, a dual player? See, the thing is, when I was playing like a few years ago, the downs weren't great. So any time I was involved with Westmead, when I came back, Clunk Hill were winning championships. All I had to do was try and get onto the team and there was either, because there's only a few teams in Westmead, there was either a semi-final or a final. So, like, the buzz going back, do you want to play in a relegation game or do you want to play in a county final? And so you know what you're going to pick there straight away, you know? Yeah, but you're able to hurl, though. <laughs> I scored a goal for Westmead Hurlers during the COVID. We got knocked out against uh, Dublin that time. We played them in the first round. And they called me back. It was with David Glennon that time. And he was driving back from Galway. Sure, I'd never met this lad or aunt, so whatever. And the two of us were driving back from Galway the whole time. Brought me on against Mead and scored a goal in the last minute to Joe McDonough and we won. So there's my hurling career. There it is in a nutshell. Very good. So you have played a bit of county. So that's a good yeah. one. So how, how did the celebrations go? With, or before we get into the, the Downs, what's the connection between Clonkill and the Downs then? It's just the right, neighbouring parishes. They don't have a football team. You don't have a hurling team. And, um, you know, you, you help each other out. Definitely, yeah. So they're right beside each other. But Romans are actually... Niall Mitchell was saying there on an interview last week that they're they're not they're they're kind of sister clubs like they're we're all in the same parish but Lomans see like Paddy Dowdle and Kelvin Riley they play with Lomans so like we've all there is a big parish there you know but uh, down through the years traditionally now not everyone the Downs and Clunkhill would go either way there's obviously a few different people there that go go the opposite ways but it's mostly it's just the same parish basically yeah, Lomans yeah. Is, isn't too far away either. Right. We were we were checking, we were wondering about that on the show here, what the connection there was um, or whatever. So you won it against Lomans anyways. And geez, it wasn't looking good at halftime. You'd only scored 1-1 one, one with, a, with a really <laughs> strong win. <So laughs> how the hell did this turn around? Well, I, I never seen our manager lose the plot as much as he did at halftime. <laughs> he, he stopped us when we were going in before the tunnel. And like he had already started giving out to us on the field, like because I remember your man uh, Jimmy Bullard sitting on the fucking field against City a few years ago. He had almost started that, so um, uh, I think that day actually suited us. Like Lomas have brilliant footballers, and I think we just got us going. I think it was our time, and he, I just that was it, and we really outworked them. That was as simple as that. We won the dog fight. Now that could have went another way. 
But if there was shot the lights out, that things could have went a different way with their, with the strong breeze. But look, we got to look look lucky draws and we won, thank God. That was it. Larry Wall, Wall, he'd already started giving you the hair dryer treatment in the tunnel. That's yeah. interesting. He's a, he's, a, he's a leash man, you know, so like, I suppose that maybe that's in the blood here. <laughs> he's a legend as well. He is now. It's simple as that. The first time I met Larry, or he rang me, he said, I have training sessions for months for you lads. I said, this lad is off the wall madly. And I had never met him and just on the phone to him. And we'd had phone calls for half an hour. And now I'm saying he's a madman. I'd say he was saying the exact same thing about me now as well, you know, like he went <laughs> hand in hand. But uh, we were back training last night now and good blowout. And I, I never met a club manager to have everything just, everything's just sorted. Like ne- leaves nothing to chance absolutely nothing like it's actually unbelievable like i'll just give you so the, after the tactical Cup final we were doing a kids day uh in the downs and the five of us were over with kids whatever and lara rang the chairman of the club to to go get us electrolyte drinks because the weather was warm because we championship the next day like that's just the levels that that man is on like you know he's highly strong all right Jesus, so like, I mean, it's total dedication. I said, well, you've obviously responded really well to that because he won one in his first year. Like sometimes at club level, you're just waiting for a manager like that, yeah. you know, and let's be honest, there's a lot, I'm not saying anything about your previous managers, I don't know no. them, but there's a lot of bullshitters at club level and then you get a lad who could potentially be a county manager someday yeah. and, and everybody responds to it. See, like just in the final, I'm the oldest to start it in the final, right? I was, I'm 27, which is unbelievable you know like we something good coming like we had good people with us but we just didn't really have any leaders kind of and not so much leaders we were just all grown up and want different things and even like probably the way i was acting before doesn't really help the club either you know and one of your main players is you can't trust him you can't even like, you don't even know if he's going to be there let alone if you can trust him and then obviously all these things come together like a couple of lads there that just really push on his lad cornerback and a burke like he's after turning himself into an animal, like you know, and be, just these sort of lads just want to get better. And as I said, everyone's at the same age. We're all just just want to want to be the best, and it's a great it's a great way to be, you know. It's a yeah. it's a great it's a great community club there, you know. I didn't realize you were the oldest on the team. That it's kind of <laughs> I know. Yeah. I never had that said about me. I was the oldest on here, and it's, <laughs> just, I, it's <laughs> I don't know if I like it to be honest. <laughs> Well, I nearly, I got an awful shock. I was 31 and it was a match report and I was described as veteran Colin Parkinson. I, got, I took this really badly. I was like, what the hell's going on here? You're only in your prime at 31. And that's what I'm saying. Anyway. Clear is, is, uh, is Tomas Cleary and Shane Deering and those boys, they'd be all kind of uh, foes of mine. Are they around the down still or are they, are they still alive? Uh, yeah, they're definitely alive. Anyway. Uh, Tomas Cleary, Tosh, after the final last Sunday. Yeah, they're two legends of the game, all right. Um, I only, I would have, see, when I started playing theirs, you could still play when you're in your first year minus, 16, 17. And like, they would have been, now the Downs were after playing two relegation games at this stage. So <clears throat> them, them lads were like 35, 36 at that stage, maybe a bit younger. And um, I think the full forward line for the Downs was Tosh Cleary, 35, Shane Deering, 34 and me I think I was 16 playing the first game I think that's the way it went for a few years Al, but them two boys are like club legends are yeah no they were they, they, we played minor against them 95 of course you were only born in 95 so yeah. I'm showing my age here big time like you were like Jesus how long ago was that <laughs> 
Yeah, jeez, um, I didn't think they were that age. So <laughs> yeah. I, th I think Deering might have been a minor again in 96, but Cleary's definitely finished minor in 95. But they were very well respected. Would you believe I was talking to Enda Muldoon um, a few weeks ago and he was asking me, I don't think he asked me on the show. Maybe he was on the show, but he was asking me about Cleary. He said, geez, they had a centre forward. He was a great player. Like, yeah. I mean, he was a sensational minor. I never really made it at senior with Westmead then. See, I, you know, when you just know a few lads, he would have just, that's just a bit too far for me to know. So I just know him as like, Hero status. I wouldn't know too much about him. So all I know is like the big legs, the points from everywhere. Like I just hear the good stories. You don't really know anyone. Whereas if you ask me from someone from two or three years ago, I'd be able to dog him out of it. Or you know, I'd, be, I'd know exactly what the story was, you know. So come here, I mentioned to you that you won the Talton Cup, obviously, which was a yeah. huge achievement, like especially in Croke Park. And it was crazy. But it was a big milestone for you as well, personally, because you were yeah. a year. It was I think it was your year anniversary from yeah. getting out of treatment. Yeah, uh, I was a year sober um, the week of the Talton Cup. Like It was great. Like And sport is all about winning. But I'm at a point where like I'm trying to find balance in my life, right? Where I kind of look at stuff maybe in a more spiritual level and stuff like that. It just it's more about growth and growing up and all these things as you get older. But like for me, it's trying to find a balance between say maybe being the best and doing what it takes to be the best and then being maybe the nicest person possible. And like where do you find that balance? And it's hard, all these things, because like I do be like I'm a great man to give advice, right? To people because just because maybe a bit of awareness and stuff and um she gave my own advice like i could lose the plot there in the pitch you know like absolutely go off the wall where i'd know right well i'd know right well, like like that's not right <laughs> you're after telling some young lad to be not doing that but just it was great that as a, part of the interview the last thing was like this, this is my first every year making it from say november to the end of the year at westmead without a fuck up like Sorry, my my language without oh, it's okay. without going off the wall or a wall, whatever you know, and like that's the stuff I'm proud of. Like, obviously, I'm delighted we won the Talton Cup, but it's some small wins, like being healthy for me, like, but not having to know that I ruined someone's life or did something to affect someone, like, because that's the way my life was for a long time. You know, I had repercussions, and then when you start doing these things, the only way to get over it is just keep going because you can't. You're numb. Then you don't want to feel anything. And that's the that's really the way I was going for a long, long time. It just got worse and worse and worse. So, like, obviously, you, you well, you, it's not obviously, but you've spoken about this before. You yeah. had drink, you had drink addiction, you had drug addiction. You used to yeah. go on benders, like two month yeah. benders, and you 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 disappear. How were you able to kind of because you, you were always in around the county squads and stuff? Yeah. Was it just nonstop lies, or how were you getting away uh, with it, or you know how how bad did it get? Uh, it's just lies and manipulating situations, and then to be honest. <laughs> Lack of corner forwards in Westmead was how I was getting away with it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, a lot of I've been through a lot, a lot of hard times, and just but like I kind of look back and I, I probably shouldn't laugh and joke about the stuff, but it's probably easier for me to nearly look at it that way because it's a hard thing to talk about. But I suppose if I'm making a light of it, sometimes uh, it's easier to kind of explain it to someone or to probably makes them feel at ease when they're talking about it but like give you an example here like my brother was just chatting to me the weekend so a few years ago we played Gary Castle on a Wednesday night in the championship out in Moat and we lost by a point and I had a thought I had a good game and whatever was going on in my head like 
I got my brother to drop me to Kerrigan's in Mullingar on the Wednesday. Like, we were just in the car, and I just said, just let me out. And he was like, what do you mean, let you out? Like, I didn't go to the championship game that was on Sunday from that Wednesday. Like, so, you know, that's the sort of stuff I was getting up to. And just, it, it all comes back to, like, I had stuff that went on, and, like, no self-esteem. So, like, I never thought I was good enough to have anything. So, I'd, I'd self-destruct before, when things were going good, that's when I'd... I'd nearly be ready. People could be ready for like, this lad is going to blow her now soon because just one of my mates was chatting to me a few weeks ago and we kind of half joking. He was like, you were like a slow cooker. He was just like, things would be going long grand and you know, you'd be, you'd be so tuned in and then just something would just go a game or just you're gone then for weeks and weeks. Like, and when you think about weeks, like weeks our reality, you know, and it, when I think that back, then, like, I think how crazy that was, you know. And and did you learn all this in the treatment of why you clicked or did you figure this out in your own head or, you know, it's almost like you're punishing yourself for things going yeah. well. Yeah, that's exactly. And like, there's a lot to it and um, a lot of stuff that happened to me when I was a child that I never dealt with. And it wasn't that it was particularly bad because in some cases, like there's obviously people in worse situations. But in my life, you know, in your own life, it's the world's worst. Like there's nothing else worse. And you kind of have that poor me mentality, like that the world's against you. But um, when I was in there, so I was in Coomera there in Kildare and like, it, it just brought me completely back to reality. Like I three months there without the phone and um, kind of opened my eyes to what the way I was living and the way I was treating people and what I was doing. And just, it, it's, a, it's a scary place, to be honest, like it, just because you, you can't, like, I wouldn't judge anyone for anything, but when you get in there, you're, you're nearly lucky at, you know, the situation you're in compared to some people's situation. And the first few weeks I was in there, to be honest, I, I didn't really, they kind of came to me and they were like, you're just recharging the batteries to go again, which when I think about it, I actually was, I, I, when I think I was, I was in the army at the time and I was still getting paid. Sure, like in subconscious, I was like, sure, I'm just going to go here now and I'll stay off the drink for a while and I'll be a great lad for a little while and so then I'll just, like I went in there saying if I could stay off the drink for two years sure all would be forgiven and all would be forgotten but when I went in there it's so my opener like that I had to change my ways you know right what, how did when did the penny drop in there from going kind of like a bit of bravado thinking Jesus you know th this is grand until going here you know fuck this did something um, click with you yeah a woman told me a story about uh, there's a woman in there Joe I, I won't say her name just in case but um she was a very religious woman anyway. And like, not that I'd be not religious, but, you know, I wouldn't be a mass every Sunday now or down in the end of the bed saying prayers or whatever. But she just told me a story about a drink driver that killed her son. And she she still meets the drink driver every few weeks that killed her son and prays for him to get better and tries to help to get her. And I just remember her telling me all this and I was just thinking, like, this woman is able to do that and I'm here with a great that like we know it like I've ruined a lot of opportunities in my life because of my addiction and I, I can get over that you know life goes on you make mistakes you learn from them and like if you dwell on them mistakes like you're you're going nowhere but I just said look I'm getting a, a fresh start here like a proper fresh start this time and I just went in there and tried to deal with some of the stuff that was going on with my life and tried to make sense of stuff like they told me when I was in there that when I started like using stuff uh for comfort or that i stopped developing emotionally 
So like they said, I had the emotion, like at the emotional level of say a fifteen or sixteen year old. So I never really like understood what was going on with me. And then you, you just got you just got drunk or whatever. Yeah, drunk and never dealt with that, and then just went off and like I could isolate myself there for days at a time, like no, you know, like just stay in a room, and then I'd either be like, this is bad, but I'd either be like, right, I'm gonna kill myself on this day, and then I get comfort or whatever from that, and if I couldn't get it. I'd be like, right, sure. I'm too afraid of that. So it's time to just, what can I do now? I can go on a bender here now and get some temporary p- relief, you know, or whatever. And like, I'd be out. And the thing with me was, I'd be looking like I'd be having the best crack of all time. Like, I, you'd be like, this lad, there's nothing wrong with this lad. But it was when Friday, Saturday, Sunday came and it was, you know, when people were back to work. When I was still going on Tuesday and Wednesday and like looking like a corpse going around, you know, and then trying to play football and hurling and trying to keep people happy. Like, it's not good for your head, you know, your head would be fucking all over the place, you know? Yeah. How were you able to fund it? You know, how were you able to stay going? And and you were in the army. Was that yeah, wage? Yeah, was, yeah. Did, did you get a lot of time off in the army? You served for a while and then have loads of too much spare time or something? Yeah, it was just uh, even before the army lecture, like, just like the, the way they taught me, like when you're an addict, you just make it work. You just make things work. Like, you don't think about that. You just think, how oh, I'm going to do it. Like, if I could have put some of the focus into my person, like, that I put into my addiction, God knows where I'd be now. Like, and I mean that, like, if I, because what could, drink consumed my mind. Like, when was I going to get to do it? When was my best time? What, like, you know, right, I'm like, right, if, if I have a hurling game now on Friday, or not Friday, on Sunday, and I can play good, there's a few days now where people are just going to kind of leave me alone. I have leeway. Or then if I lose, I oh, sure they'll leave me alone, you know. Or if I stay off the beer for six weeks, I'd be like, sure, I deserve it. I deserve that now, you know. And when you start thinking like that, like, that's not good. And for me then, it just got worse and worse. And the crazier stuff I was doing, and you know, then drugs are involved. And, like, my thing was drink. But, like, to drink more, you need drugs, like, you know, to keep going. And, like, I even kind of get embarrassed talking about it now because I know how bad it is for you. And, like, not that I'm... I am completely against it now, right? But I don't judge anyone because not everyone is in the same position. Not everyone has the same problems as me, you know? And be, be bad at me to start judging people for mistakes that I made, you know? That's just, that's yeah. not, that's not how life works. Like, that's not how the world works, you know? So, so what do you do now after the county final with the downs? Do you stay out for a while and get out of there? Or, you're, you know, you're not sitting in the corner with a face on you judging <laughs> the lads for having a few points. Yeah, I'm joking no, yeah. now. I get ready for the Leinster Championship straight away. That's what I was doing there. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. But do you get uh, out of there? Is it? Are you advised to get out of there? You know where there might I, be temptation. You are uh, after the first while, but I actually went to a stag um, at Christmas last year, and like up until then, I was probably in bubble wrap. You know, people were just everything I did, like I just minded me basically. You know, and um, since then, like. I'm comfortable in my own skin, which is something I never was. And that was a big part of me drinking as well. And I'm comfortable with myself. And like, to be honest, I felt for a while I had to go out with the lads. I had to be there or whatever. But now I just don't care. I'm interested in my own things. I have new stuff. I'm just getting older. Like, you know, like you probably know yourself there. You go play a game in your late 20s, 30s and you go drinking on the Saturday. You're dying. Like, you are dying. Like, you know. Yeah. And I even a lot of lads I chat to do be fucking in bits. But I just have no real interest. Like, just it's not it's not anything that interests me anymore. See, the thing is, like, people ask me, like, the Taltico final now is hard because 
I was around a lot of different people and I walked into a nightclub and it was just wedged. Like, I actually couldn't move. And I was like, sure, if I was drinking now, it wouldn't bother me now. So I just left. I, I did. I just left. But the downs was different because it was with people that all know me personally. And like, if I didn't feel comfortable, they'd have no problem if I left. Like, you know, I did my bit for the downs playing the game. That's my bit yeah. there. That's how I, that's what I enjoy now is, and gym and all these things, you know, it's just part of growing up. You just want different things, you know. Yeah. You mentioned about some of the issues you had or what you, why you started drinking. And there was a yeah. lot of, uh, was it like body image issues and it's, confidence uh, issues? And so like, did you, you didn't feel, you, I don't know, you explain to me. So I started off, anyway, so I never met my real father. So it starts right. off there with like a f- rejection, you know, maybe abandonment issues, all these things. But this is all subconscious now. I right. Like when I was growing up, I wasn't thinking all this, but I was always looking for something, you know, like right. I don't know. I'm a 27-year-old man. I don't go, oh, I need my father now. You know, this is all stuff in the subconscious. And um, as time went on, then all these things, I was always looking for something. I was always trying to prove to people. And then it got to the stage where I was looking for attention and it got so bad that I didn't care if it was positive or negative attention. I just wanted it. Like I craved it. Like it got like I remember growing up like not really knowing who I was or like not like trying to change my personality nearly to suit who I was with. And that got to the stage then when I was older that I was like your man, I was split. You know, like I was I was able to manipulate different people for different situations to suit myself. And I can see that now and like that's someone that's someone that's really sick that has to do that, you know. And then yeah. as well, like I I got very used to be very self conscious about the way I looked for a long time. That was in my mid teens. So when I got to an adult, that was something that really used to bother me. So all this stuff is just tied in. Like if you go to someone like that was in my position, like they have all the same problems. It's just in diff- they just get them from different ways, like, you know, and they come from right. different areas. She's like, I mean, it's. I find it interesting that it's all in your subconscious. You're not aware of any of this until no. it's explained to you. And then there's lots of other people with the same thing. It's That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And like, I didn't really know. Like, I knew there was something different about me. But like, I remember going into Kumara, like, and I'd be quite, like, raw. Like, I would be fairly raw. And I was like, after a few weeks, I was, and I, they were trying to, like, get stuff on me. And I was like, what happens if I'm just fucking mad? Like, what? <laughs> you know, what, what happens? Like, they were like, just, you, you'll get it, you'll get it, you'll get it, you know? So, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because the way I was going, like, the way I was going, number one, I was going nowhere, but I, I could have got through life that way. But the person I am now would not be without them troubles. Like, and like I had some real dark days, like, and probably some that probably I'm still afraid to share. Like, I know I share, I talked about the uh, stuff with RT and all, but there's a lot of stuff that I haven't shared, you know, because they were tough times. Like, I remember lying in bed, just it was one of the things I said the last bed was two months. I remember lying in bed for 10 days, not turn the phone on. I'd only come out of the room when I knew everyone in the house was in bed so I could eat and then because I wasn't drinking I'd eat myself I'd punish myself with food so I'd literally eat myself sick and uh, go back down to the room and just sleep and watch telly like and you know my mother coming in to check on me and like I pretended to be asleep like not and my self-work got that so bad like and couldn't shower couldn't brush my teeth like you just you're just living but you're not living you know you're just 
they're just existing like right and it's a, it's a scary place Jeez, you're lucky. Did, like, how did you end up going to the the treatment, Kian Mura? Then, did you have an intervention? Did you have a rock bottom moment where yeah. you you went in? So they tried to my family and people around me. Like, I always knew like these problems were just getting worse and worse and worse. Like a few times, I they tried to get me to go to this place, and like even maybe places of a lesser extent. But um, as I said, that last bender I went on. Like normally for me, like it go on and on and on, but there'd always be an end. Like at some stage, you'd be like. You kind of wake up, you're like, oh, here, you know, or you'd... This last vendor was two months. It just never ended. Like, at, like there was no end, and things were getting madder and madder, and, like, there was a... It only did, like, people said to me, was this rock bottom? Like, I know some of the places where I was rock bottom, and, like, a video went around to me asleep on the side of the road after drinking for four or five days, but to be honest, like, if that's rock bottom, you're doing all right. I mean, my yeah. eyes, like, you know, because in some of the place I walk up and with some of the people I was with and, you know, probably for other people to the outside, like, that looks very bad. You know, I was asleep in the country, outside the country pub, beside the train tracks. And, like, God knows what was going on in my head at the time. Because I don't know. Like, right. genuinely, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the fact that it was videoed brought it all home to you or something, yeah, did it? Yeah. Or? Maybe. Well, like, I, like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, that's not that bad. But it's probably what I was putting, it probably clicked with me what I was putting my family through. Because like, my mother is my mother is my father, my best friend, you know. And I have no problem saying that. Like she's a young woman as well, like had me young, but like she is a genuinely my friend, like and the things I was doing, not to her, but what the way I was making her feel, like, you know, and it fucking like she she didn't sleep for like ten years there. Like she couldn't sleep, like because she knew when I left the house that sometimes like I wasn't coming home. Like and she, every time I was lying to her. Even if I didn't know it myself, I was. And uh, she just, I remember her texting me, I was dying and um, I was dying at some house party and her texting me like, why are you doing this to me? Like, why? And I was like, I actually can't stop. I'm not able to, like, I, I, I don't want to hurt you. I actually am not able to stop. And um, I just, I, they said uh, that I had agreed to get help. Like I'd go get help. But I, <laughs> I thought I got like a week. I was like, right, I can get myself together for a week. So I was planning drinking again. But they got me into come where GPA helped me a lot now in fairness. And a lot of, like, I'm very lucky. I have a lot of people in my life that tried to help me. And they got me down to go. And my mother, so they start on a Monday. They got me in late. She drove me down there. I kind of just accepted. You know, I was like, oh, here, look. I, I was, it's because I had no other options. I had ruined everything else. And she um, drove down. And to be honest, I had a good chat with her on the way down. It was an hour down to, to Thai. And it's probably one of the best and worst moments in my life because I kind of opened up to her for the first time ever you know and then obviously I knew I knew where I was going then as well so I wasn't good on the same front Jesus yeah and then I was reading obviously when you won the Talton Cup you went over to your mother afterwards you were a year yeah. sober and you know yeah. you saw her absolutely happy that must have been some yeah. feeling for you yeah it's good now but like all them things kind of like wear off you know like it's just normal life now for me like you know Whereas at that time it was all big and, you know, like now it's just, she, she I'm just happy that they're happy type thing, you know. Like, yeah. You know, as I, I think I said it there, like, cups and trophies are all well and good, but like for me, being healthy is a big prize. Like, because I know what it's like to be mentally ill and 
like I, I can remember them feelings and like it's not like when you break your leg or whatever you can see it healing over months if you don't sort out the stuff's going on your head that gets worse and worse and worse it just pulls you into a black hole yeah you know? Jesus the best thing ever happened to you going down there for the for the time how long were you there for three months I was, was there it for and, three months yeah three months and I'm sure they've just been able to fix everything maybe you make you understand what's the story yeah, rather maybe, you're not maybe, fixing yeah. anything they're helping you to understand yeah. it and saying look you're not mad this is perfectly you know there's loads of people in the same situation yeah. and help you process it and you know and and just let you come out of it and heal your way out of it I like I, I just got a break there like from the phone just they just took me out the reality like just took me back and you know no phone no newspapers no nothing like just living basically with people going like they my phone it's like everyone your phone like you're looking for something you're always scrolling like what you yeah. catch yourself something so what are you even looking for like and you're just you're always comparing yourself to others all these things everyone has all them small problems you know like and, yeah um yeah look it's it's sad it's it's a great thing for me that i went there like as i i have such awareness now like i'm on a bit of a journey myself with growth and maybe spirituality and all these things. And a lot of people will never find that. And a lot of don't people you, just... don't, in, in those treatment places, don't, it's not, you have to kind of, do, do, do they lean on spirituality? They lean on, a lot of them they lean on finding God and stuff and finding a higher meaning. And am, am I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've never been to one. Some people might say I should have gone to one. <laughs> No, definitely. No, they do believe in a higher power. And uh, like, I'm I'm not like, you know, at home here praying to some picture on the wall. But like, my thing is like, I love having a crack and the sneer and everything. Like, the only thing in my life that's changed is I don't drink. And I do everything yeah. in my power not to drink. Because like, I seen Ray Canellan was on uh off the ball there last week and he was like they're talking about the characters and he just first thing he said was Luke Lachlan is mad like you know like I I'm still the same person and I'm outgoing social and all so when I'm talking about this sort of stuff people think I'm the most serious man alive whereas <laughs> you know what I mean like if someone actually met me for like an hour they'd be like this is a fucking lunatic like you know but when you're talking about stuff like this it's hard to portray your real personality because it's such serious stuff you know yeah, yeah, but I think you have a very relaxed attitude. You have a refreshing attitude towards it. Like, I mean, it doesn't have to be all serious. You've come mm, out the other side of it, and you know you're yeah. you're you're happy in your life now. That's the most important thing. Definitely, and yeah. if it, you're gone mad into the gym too, you follow you on Instagram. There, you're in serious shape altogether. <laughs> you're doing some CrossFit stuff. So I was talking uh, to Tierra yeah. McCann. He does CrossFit. He's in great shape too. Well, I'm going to tell you now that CrossFit crack. I'm barely able to walk because of it. And <laughs> it's the it's the it's it's the worst thing. For the hips, but uh, nah, there's a great gym here in uh, Mullingar. Joe actually is the who owns it, Joe and Katie. They're the SNC for Westmead. And right. like when I came out, come here, like I wasn't working, like they were so good. Like I was in there with them every every day, like and you know, got to know them better. And you know, they have such a good setup, like they're a big part of Westmead's success, like the conditioning of some of the people, but like that's just finding stuff like. It's a great way to make yourself feel good. Like you never leave the gym in bad form. Unless something yeah. falls in your foot or something. I don't know. But like you don't really like it's it's just an easy way. It's just an easy outlet. Like I still like every day I'm growing, every day something. Like I haven't found a hobby yet, apart from the gym. Like to be honest, now I don't know if I have the patience for golf or any of these things, but like I'm willing to try anything sort of thing. But gym is just something I found, just found because yeah. I needed it for football. Because 
Well, you're, know, an inter- you're, a, you're a senior inter-county footballer. You have no time for hobbies. You worry about that in your 30s when, when that's gone. That's something I'm looking for. You're per- you've, you've a pretty big hobby at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I'm looking forward to the next few months now. Like last year, last year I have no problem saying I, I don't know if anyone works as hard. And I, I'm proud of that. Like I, I put in a serious graph to get to where I did. And this year now it's about, for me, like I've kind of that foundation built like like that foundation built to kind of now train and smarter. Because like when I was in Kumwera, I, I might as well have done a boot camp there for three months because I came out, it was absolutely, you know, it was the most training I'd ever done. Like, um, But when I came out then, I got in with Joel and Katie and showed me the rough space. <laughs> I was in for a rude awakening for a few months anyway, getting this protein crack and learning all this and all this new stuff because like you forget about all that stuff like if you're not at it. Like, I'd never, like, I'd always just been, all right, if I can just get the ball and skin this lad and doing all right, like, you know. But now you have a cornerback there that, that can't kick it, but he, he's an animal. <laughs> and yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and I know practicing 45s, me left and right foot, this lad is just pumping it over. So there's obviously the pros and cons to the gym as well, but you have to balance everything, you know, and it's, yeah. it's hard now with this upcoming season, you know. You because you would have backed yourself on your pace an awful lot, right? You'd have been, you know, kind of a <laughs> yeah. slight enough sort of fella, but I suppose that the the pace only gets you so far. After about oh, 30 minutes, about, you're getting tired, and the cornerback uh, isn't getting tired. I know, gee, like you see some of the lads there we played, like <laughs> this year, just when we played Longford uh, in the league, right? So things weren't going great for me. So I was like, I'm after, like, I just remember after or before the game, right? We I got taken off against Loud, didn't score. And uh, I just remember saying to myself, saying, right, I'm after giving up drink, I'm after changing my life, I'm after doing all this, I weigh out chia seeds every bleeding morning and all this crack, right? <laughs> doing mental stuff and yoga at night and stretching. And I will not kick snow over off, right? So then uh, I said, why am I not playing good? Like, what actually is it? What do I have to do? And the next game, I remember we were playing Longfords. <laughs> we ended up losing Longford. Jack Cooney, anyway, I've never seen him get ticked, like, ever. Never. And a half time, turned to dress from upside down, which he was right to. And I got all fired up anyway. For the second half, whipped me a half time. I said, I'm packing this in. Honestly, I'm out here. I can't catch a break, you know. <laughs> and how did that change around then? You just had a good it game. Changed. and I don't know. I'll tell you exactly how it was. The next game, I wasn't down to start against Limerick. And I needed to relax a bit. I was doing a bit of work at the sports psychologist about trying to like chill out. And I went and ate a, a slice of chocolate cake the size of my head the morning at the Limerick game. <laughs> and ended up scoring one three. So I don't know. <laughs> you just need to find a balance. Chill out a small bit, I think. It is. Honest to God, it's mad. It's it's. I always reference this that Niall Morgan, you know, the day before the Ireland final, he went into a petrol station, got a chicken fillet roll. Oh, that's different. That's different that now. Well, he, he doesn't have he, to... He, but he's, I think being relaxed and happy is better than being uptight and doing everything right, right? So I remember with, with Leash before, we were, I, I went off drinking for three months and I never played as bad because <laughs> I, was, I was overthinking things. I, was, I kept saying to myself, because I'm off the drink, I deserve to be playing well. Why am I not? And I was giving out to myself. I ended up going on the beer, uh, ended up getting caught, thrown off the panel, got brought back onto the panel and started playing well. Like, I mean, how do you explain that? <laughs> Well, I'm going to say one thing. Niall Morgan is unbelievable. He doesn't have that cornerback grabbing a hold of him every, you know. (laughs) 
But I know, I know exactly what you mean. Like even before, like a few times before, like I got, I got dropped a league there two years ago, and uh, we got I got I was acting I was acting lad whatever, got in a row in Mojo's and Mullingar, and it got back and it was a big brawl and everything. I I'd be more of a lover now, not a fighter now. So this is rare for me, but I uh, got dropped anyway. Someone got injured on the Friday night, and we needed a draw to get into. It was against Leash a few years ago. I ended up getting started in the final because of it. I, I wasn't even in the panel. I wasn't even on the panel. And the Thursday night before training, someone got injured. And he rang me. He rang me and brought me back in, back in for training on the Thursday night. I ended up starting the game because there was nobody else. Like, the curse to the corner forward. Like, there was no one else. And that's that league final. Like, but that's the way Like it went for me the whole time. Do some good, get dropped. Do some good, get dropped. Like you never give yourself a chance, ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But no, then sometimes, it. then sometimes you end up playing good, and you're like, "Why do I bother? Like, why am I bothering? Why am I bothering with this gym crack when I just have to show up?" You know. That, that's it. But you're only fooling yourself, I suppose. And like, are you, are you, are, are you comfortable enough to start stepping up into a leadership role now and all these things now that you know you've 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 kind of come out of all that? You know, like that's the next step for you, I suppose, to be the Probably, fella that yeah. lads look up to. Maybe as well. Like I, I've learned a lot the last while, so I'd be kind of, I get a lot of satisfaction of helping younger people, like, and kind of trying to put them on a path. Like everyone has to, you learn, you learn your, you learn for yourself. Like you make your own mistakes. I'm a big believer in that. But like, all you can do is guide some fella down. Like, you know, because you always, you're always going to have a few lads that are so talented and they're going to get pushed for the wayside because of the way they act or college or women or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But like, I'm in a position now where like, I can kind of show people like, this is, this is a, this is a blueprint. And I, this is what work, what kind of works. This is how you kind of get things done and how you can get on. But like, it's all about having fun then at the end of the day, because it gets too serious. Like it does get very serious. And you have young lads in there, I'd right, say 1920, who are never even going to get a sniff of a game. Right. And like, they're in and team meetings every three hours and you know like your interest levels though I know you have to be there but like I it is so like it's all it's there it is again it's all about balance like how do them young lads balance right I want to be the best in a few years but like I'm not watching kickouts there for three hours like you know like, he just, <laughs> you know you know like he's never even going to get a, a jersey yeah but, yeah. Uh, yeah no hopefully that's the next one you know like I'm lucky with Desi coming in like when Desi took over, even when I gave up during that time, I said, This lad never ate a biscuit during his career. How am I even, <laughs> how am I going to get on with him and John Kane, you know? But like two heroes of mine, but like it's, that's the old saying, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like two of the nicest fellas. Like, and the thing is with them, like Jack was as well, but there's some crack, like the sneering you get up. Like I watched the intermediate final with Desi three weeks ago, like, and just like you wouldn't think he was Westfield manager at all, you know. So it's uh yeah, I'm no, really looking forward to this year and hopefully pushing on because there is lucky enough to be captain of the or joint captain of the downs and as you said there, the next step is for me is is pushing on now. So looking forward to it, definitely. De- Desi Desi's biding his time well. He's getting the good Luke Lachlan instead of poor Jack Cooney <laughs> getting to deal with all the shit. <laughs> Uh, Jack got 50 50. Jack got a good few stories. Jack got a good few stories over anyway. I'd say. <laughs> Do you ever think of writing a book or anything like that? Or, or... Um, well, see, when I'm on podcasts or whatever like this, I'd be half afraid of what I'd say because 
I come across if I'd be having good crack. And, you know, then you'd be trying to advocate for mental health because, like, that's something I'm passionate about is uh, helping people, like, really am. And hopefully in the future, like, I have a lot of stuff kind of coming up because, like, there's no point me knowing all this without sharing it for someone else. And, yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, well you're, a, you're a prime example that your, your, your addiction and your behavior were symptoms of a problem that you didn't even know really that you yeah. had until you were explained, until that was explained to you, yeah. you'd still be going on, you know, in the same, on the same I'd, path. I'd, 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 I highly doubt it. I'd have <laughs> ne- never woke up at the side of the road for that video column, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, come here, I've taken up enough of your time, Luke. It's, it's, uh, it's been great chatting to you. I really, really enjoyed it. It wasn't like the usual uh, GE interview that I do, but uh, it, was, it was definitely very interesting. Yeah. I'm sure anyone listening to it will be keeping their eye out for you. Like, I mean, they all know about you already, but it's brilliant to see that you've turned the corner and that yeah, you're no, very, ha- you know, that you're, you're, happy, you're happy in yourself. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, look, that's, that's the end goal, isn't it? Happiness. Like, people always say, what do you want? And then... For me there now, like I have a vision of where I'm going and then I have, I'm in this place and pure contentment in that space in the middle is the way you're looking for. Like, so, you know, like there's that spiritual stuff coming out again. I could go on all evening with that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm re- hey, I've, I've the stoic book here underneath the table. I'm reading quotes <laughs> off. <it. laughs> are, you re- are you reading a lot of those books? I say it, I do be doing. I, I tell everyone I am. And five or six pages. That, there's a book here now behind me. The first book I can read is Manifest by Roxy Nafpasu, and here's another one: How to Be Your Own Therapist. Oh, Rob Carney is down there. There's a normal book there. Look. <laughs> yeah, you just you just read the headlines and a couple of pages so you can reference them. And, yeah, and yeah, no, yeah. Nobody's read them, so they can't catch you out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about hey, I know every trick of the trade now. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, best of luck in Leinster. Sure, yeah. Leinster very soon now as well, and sure, the Westmead champions always do well in Leinster. So there's a nice one, you know, for you uh, to look forward to. Yeah, hopefully uh, we have uh, loud or loud or me or loud or me. Is it? I think Ratot won and Saint Mary's uh... RD. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we were back trying. Look, we're going to take a one game at a time. Look, none of us have been here before. Not one of the team. We've a few of us have played in big games like the Michelin Dara with the hurlers, and then the five of us with him with Westmead. You know, we've played in big games, but it's different territory with the club. Like, look, if we can bring any sort of the fight that we brought in that county final, like, because we're a good footballing team, and we kind of won a dogfight now in the final, which is unlike us. Like, you know, that's what a lot of people didn't think we had in us, right. and um, you know, so if we can bring some sort of performance, like, you know, anything could happen, like club football, like. There's where the big shocks are, not county. Club is where the shocks can happen. And we we're just gonna train hard, be prepared, look, the usual old cliched stuff. But uh look, the, there's a great chance for us to play at a club in Crow Park. Like win one game and you're in a semi final in Crow Park. Like it's not too many people can say they've done that. You know, and for me this is just all this stuff is just bonus territory after the year I had. But like obviously we're in it to to do as well as we can. Like so looking forward yeah. to the next few weeks. Yeah, well, come here. Best of luck with it, uh, Luke, and best of luck with Westmead as well uh, next year. Thanks very much for chatting Ah, to us. You're all right. No panic at all. All right. Have a good evening. Yeah, I've spoken to the players, and uh, we've had a full and frank discussion, and uh, we all agree that the uh, smaller fish guys are 
not just accredited clubs in the counties, but to, to homo sapiens all over the world. I want nothing to do with that podcast. Absolutely not. The smaller fish, not for me, no way. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Never came.